Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks and we continue on with Psalm 72 and here's the cool part as Stephanie was just pointing out to me we're moving forward into a messianic message as well here we are pointing to Christ and the relationship how we ended the last one and so much going on Stephanie catch us up what's happening there in Indiana right now uh, I'm here in South wow. Carolina man it is 72 degrees here I'm jealous. I'm just going to be honest. 72 sounds perfect. It is a little colder here. It's running 45. But, you know, after being down at the um, negative mark a few times, I am very thankful for 45. Um, I'm very thankful that my toes are not numb sitting here today working on podcasts. So um, I'm hoping spring is coming sooner than later. And, um, I'm going to decorate my house for spring, my living room, and and I'm hoping that'll help it feel more like spring, even if it's still a little snowy outside. Yeah. (laughs) Now, what is the ultimate spring decoration? Well, I just decorate. um, I I love to decorate according to the seasons slash whatever holiday. There's a few, you know, I don't don't do anything for St. Patrick's Day. so the next big holiday, obviously coming up, is Easter Resurrection Sunday. Amen. So that will be the theme. Um, the most high of yeah, holidays. Yeah. Yeah, our fun family room and and dining room area will have that have that makeover. So. That's all yeah. cool. That's all cool. Well, listen, folks. So we got a lot of great stuff going on here, but are we missing a segment or something like that? We are. We, we, we need your, your words of wisdom this morning um, having to do with you might be a knucklehead if. All right. So the knuckleheaded moment this morning, you might be a knucklehead if you're a fun sucker and if you suck the fun out of every situation. So I just want to go on record right now and say there are people out there who are fun suckers. You know, my son you're went right. to high school uh, with a girl and they used to call her fun sucker. That was her nickname. Don't be a fun sucker. Don't go into every room and take away the air. Don't suck the fun away. You know, this everything's not about you. You know, you might be a knucklehead if you suck the fun out of a situation. Yep. You, know, you know, what kind yep. of fun is that? I mean, come on, man. I think that's one of the worst. I think that's even worse than having that hole in your jeans. I think I think this one <laughs> is. And, I, and the loud music one you covered. I mean, there's been some... Now, quite frankly, there's we we've made some real high mocks on the wall with our uh, uh, Norton uh, knuckleheaded moments, but I think this fun sucker, really, I mean, it cuts right to the bone for some people. Yeah. Some people yeah. ruin fun. Some people take away the fun out of any situation, but they'll tell you they're fun. You know what I mean? They'll be like, "Oh, that was so funny," you know. But my kids, this or my husband's that or my wife's this. Stop it. Stop being a fun sucker. <laughs> Cut it out. 
man, there's got to be some fun somewhere, you know, and uh, look for the fun, my friends. It's out there. It's out there. It's yours. It's God. God gives joy. Read the book of Philippians 75 times until you smile and have a little bit of joy in your life. Stephanie memorized it a long time ago. So that's how important it was to her. Her husband who's in heaven, her dearly martyred Charles, memorized Two people in the whole world memorize Philippians and they happen to marry each other. It's like a Brady Bunch story, man. <laughs> Tell the one day when this lady met this fellow and they knew that it was much more than a hunch that these Philippian memorizing people would begin what's called the Wesco Bunch. The Wesco Bunch. The Wesco Bunch. Anyway, so I don't want to beat up on that too much, but stop being fun suckers. So that's, I don't, I don't think we've got to give any more examples. You know if you're a fun sucker. If you go into a room and everybody's having fun, and by the time you leave, no one's having fun, you're a fun sucker, all right? If you hang out with a golden retriever and the dog's suicidal by the time you stop talking to them, you may have issues, all right? You may be sucking fun from people. Stop sucking the fun. God gives us fun, man. God made us to be fun and joy and to bring glory and honor to him. It's hard to bring glory and honor to him when you're sucking everybody's fun. Anyway, do you want to add yeah. to the fun sucker? Or, or a joy. I would say make sure you're not a joy sucker either yeah. um, along with that. You know, if yeah. if you're around someone and they leave being around you depressed yeah, that's not the best. That's not the best reputation to have. I mean, if, so, um, if some of these fun no, suckers were Job, it'd be a much different book. You know what I mean? It would have been. It would have been bad. They would have off themselves on day one, man. So I got to tell you this story. This is how. This is how you know if you're a fun sucker, right? So we had a missionary for years. A very good man. He's in heaven now, serving God. But he he was known to be a little sullen and a little depressed and. For whatever reason, he wanted to stay with someone from church. And the church put him with the most sullen, depressed person in church. How they lived through the first two days together, I will never know. Anyway, the missionary found money for a hotel and got out of there. He called me and said, this guy just took everything from me, man. And I said to the secretary, I said, what did you do? You put this guy with this guy. I mean... You, this could have been a, a murder-suicide. Could, we could have lost a whole family, a half a neighborhood. I mean, these were fun suckers of the highest order. And don't be those people. That's all I got to say to you this morning. And uh, don't steal joy. Don't steal fun. I mean, it's all right. Have a good time, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Institute fun policies back in your home, you know. Do things, find fun, read joy, read Philippians over and over again, 75 times. I don't know, but there's fun out there. That's all I'm saying, you yeah. know. Uh, get yeah. rid of some of the carbs, replace it with protein, you know, take fiber. It'll be all right, man. Life's going to be all right, you know. Some people got that perpetual, I got to go to the bathroom in a hurry look. Get rid of that, all right. It's okay. It's time to move on. All I'm seeing is the top of Stephanie's head right now. And I uh, I apologize to that, my brethren. Uh, but here we go. We're in Psalm 72, verse 12. We, we again, thank Sister Norton and the whole Mexican missionary family down there to Mexico. But here we are in verse number 12 that we can help you guys to not be a fun sucker, to be a fun giver. 
But look what it says here. It says, For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and the needy, and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall be praised. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him, and all nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be the glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David and the son, the son of Jesse are ended. So David, as he prayed, as he got together with Solomon, obviously, like you said earlier on, Stephanie, a strong messianic message a strong message to our Messiah and the things he's going to do. And, and and just so much there, so much to look at. And, you know, again, it's talking about right away, those verses 12 to 14 are, are, are in, in my mind, coming right out of there, are a compassionate reign. He wants to have compassion on the people. He wants the wars to end. He wants people to be taken care of. And, and uh, I mean, what are you feeling there, 12 to 14? What's talking with you? Wow. Well, I think it's a beautiful um, picture of who our Savior is. And I think it's obviously has the dual purpose talking about Solomon and Christ. Um, but I think it's a beautiful when I, when we think of why Jesus said he came, he sought to, you know, restore sight to the blind. And those kinds of things that Jesus did to prove that he was there to deliver the needy when he cried. I think of the blind man who cried out to Jesus, um, saying that, you know, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And how Jesus heard those cries of those people, the woman who touched the hem of his garment, um, he was there to save the poor and the needy. That's who he reached out to. It wasn't the Pharisees. It wasn't the rich. It wasn't the famous. Yes, some of those people were saved. Um, we have Nicodemus. We have... Um, some other, um, Jairus was a, was a, um, I believe a rabbi, um, and Jesus healed Jairus's daughter there. Um, but so many times Jesus reached out to the 5,000 who had nothing to do. You know, do. I've been he, saying Jarius wrong all this time. You corrected me on that before. I I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. It's possible I'm saying it wrong. It doesn't matter. So... Or, if he's in heaven, we can ask him someday in heaven. How, how to that's right. There's an Indiana pronunciation in uh, South Carolina. And I say things wrong. All, I call you wrong all the time. I call you Stephania. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, go back to go back to where you were going. I messed with That's a nice nickname. So. I'm sucking fun from you. And I didn't mean to do that, okay, man. Not? All right. No, I can't. All right. All right. Um, but verse 14 is the most precious to me. Um it says, he shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence and precious shall be their blood, shall their blood be in his sight. And, you know, there's a beautiful, that verse has extra special um, 
significance to me after what the Lord allowed our family to go through, um, dealing with violence in a way that we never would have dreamed of encountering and the deceit and just the webs that, um, were involved in all of that. And yet the promise here that God will redeem their soul. Yeah from those things. And we have seen the Lord do that firsthand in our family, um, in redeeming our souls, um, and in the, being the healer in the midst of all of that. And then he says, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. In other words, the blood of the poor, the needy, those that cry out to him, they have no helper, their blood is precious in his sight. And I think of the verse in Psalm 116, that says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Greatest verse ever. yeah. Uh, there's something incredible when God calls the blood of one of his children precious. And yeah. it's just a verse 14 special because it's the dual, um, the dual promise there that God's there to redeem the heart and soul of someone who's been through the loss of a loved one. Um, you know, we have so many family members who are suffering now from um you know, they're, whether they're husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, sisters, whatever the relation is, friends that were police officers or in the military or even in my case, a missionary, and they're killed um, through some violent form, that promise that God's there to redeem your soul in the midst of that. He's there to comfort you. He's there to hear you when you cry out to him for help. He's there to comfort you when you don't know where to turn. And that the blood of your loved one was precious to him. Um, you know, there's something very comforting about that. And so that verse 14 is very special to me because of that. Yeah. And I see it there. And I, you know, I think that when the Bible, when, when we can look at the Bible in such a way where it becomes real to us, when we study it out and we look at these words and things become precious to us, um, I think, I think, you know, this almost sounds like a coronation speech. It almost sounds like a hymn. I mean, there, there's, it, it goes from precious shall their blood be in his sight. And then, then right away in verse 15, Stephanie, and he shall live and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also be made for him continually and daily shall he be praised. And, you know, as we go through this messianic thing and as we go through Solomon, there, there's there's comparison, uh, but there's no comparison with Christ. I mean, we should call out his name on a daily basis. We should call out his name as we go through things. You know, we we left that compassion phase, and now we're talking about when, when he turns to this prosperous peace, and that's where I think he finishes this psalm, is all about being prosperous. I mean, he talked about the fruit, the corn on top of the mountains. And, you know, have you ever heard of Edelweiss? Remember that song, Edelweiss? Yes, I love that song. You know, the, sing a little bit of it. Edelweiss, Edelweiss, every morning you greet me, small and white, clean and bright. You look happy to meet me. 
blossom of snow, may you bloom and grow, bloom and grow forever. Edelweiss, Edelweiss, bless my homeland forever. You see, so, those words were good. I think they were. You know what I'm thinking here? And by the way, I think you did a good, good job on that song. Fruit doesn't grow on top of mountains. As a matter of fact, the German soldiers, to prove their strength, if you go up Mount Washington, for instance, in New Hampshire, and maybe uh, Debbie and I will take you up there when we're at um, the wilds of New England, but as you climb Mount Washington in the train, the vegetation, the trees, it gets more and more sparse. It gets to the point where absolutely uh, it, it looks like a wasteland when you get up near the top of that mountain in Mount Washington there in New Hampshire, and you go up this cog railroad, it's kind of weird. You think to yourself, man, if the brakes don't work and the motor goes, we're going back, we're going down. But here's the cool thing. And you know how I do on things like that. I just pass out. So Yeah, yeah, she does. But anyway, uh, she's a pass out type person. But here's the cool thing about it. And I'm somewhere in between her and Debbie. Debbie's like, you know, she would she'd like jump off the top of a tower or something just for fun and hook to a bungee cord. But here's the important thing, I think. And and here's where I was going. They're talking there in that verse about there being fruit. Remember the corn on top of the mountain? Uh, the fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon. Uh, the kingdom is going to be so good. Our lives are going to be so good when we serve Christ or when these people with Solomon and David that there's going to be fruit on the mountaintops. The only thing you can get on mountaintops in Germany are Edelweiss and some other little shrub because the pressure's too intense. So all of us who've been a mile high or higher and been through those things, we know they pressurize airplanes because it can really mess you up. You can feel really bad. We think, Debbie and I believe, they messed up the pressure on the airplane that we flew. I don't know where we were coming back from. Just recently we came back from somewhere. Delaware somewhere. Somewhere, nowhere. But this is what I'm thinking. They would climb all the way to the top of the mountain just to have that little white flower and to stick it in their uniform to prove how strong they were. So they would get up earlier than everybody else and Edelweiss grows about a mile up a mountain, three quarters of a mile to a mile up a mountain. You find those white flowers. In Austria, everything's three quarters, so you see it quite a bit. In Germany, they would climb mountains as the other soldiers slept and stuff and put Edelweiss in their uniform and come back and show people how strong and how great they were because they had the Edelweiss because nothing grows on mountains. So when with God sharing this here, this is what just came to my mind. It wasn't in the commentary or anything that there's going to be fruit on the top of these mountains. And there's fruit with Christ everywhere we go. His name shall endure forever, and Christ's name will. Shall be continued as long as the sun. Men shall be blessed by him. I was blessed by Christ this morning listening to our personal podcast. First one I listen to every morning. I listen to a couple other podcasts. I do my Bible reading, those types of things. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. You know, God, is, uh, God isn't into small things. I mean, little is much when God is in it. I get that. But God doesn't do anything small. You know that song they always do at every mission conference? Little is much when God is. I, I, I'm always afraid to sing because of Liberty and Stephaniah. But anyway, do you know what I'm saying? I get it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so, I mean, what are you thinking there about 18 and 19? Well, I'm thinking um, 
back when you talk about the mountaintop, it, it just is that reminder that if we're in the midst of what we would call a mountaintop experience in our life, if we're there in our flesh, if we're there in our pride, there will be no fruit. There'll be no fruit in heaven. There'll be nothing worthwhile. If you're on a mountaintop with Jesus, he yeah. can still be using you. He's still working through you. It's a totally different experience. It's a totally different end game. Um, but as we go into 18 and 19, it's just beautiful. It's it's like you said, it's like a coronation. It's it's like, um, it makes me think of Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And this is the Psalm version of Revelation 4.11. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. You know, it's very, there are times in life that you don't feel like saying that. That yeah. God only does wondrous things. You know, life is easy when you're up on the mountain. Remember that song? And there's some truth to that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and But I, I look at that, if, if you have been through trials, you look at verse 18, and I think of Romans 8, 28. Me too. We were given the New Testament promise that all things work together for good to those that love God. And later on in Romans 8, we were told that nothing can separate us from his love. And if you keep that focus, you can say, blessed be the Lord God who only doeth wondrous things. And um, that's a statement of faith. It is. That really is a statement of faith, no matter where you are in life, but especially um, when you're in the midst of a dark situation, when you're in the midst of, God, I don't see what you're doing here. Um you're in this stage where you're you're still asking God as David did to quicken you to bring you up out of the depths of the earth you know um we're still at that point and yet you'll still say you're the God who only do with wondrous things I think that's just powerful because and they're then, living they're living on the mountaintop they're, they're living in a different you know they're, right. they're living where so, fruits on the mountains they're living where uh, things are good. The desolate places are filled with stuff. And that's where we need to live. We talked about, isn't it funny how God used the fun sucker uh, moment to bring, you know, how you live in your life. Fun suckers on up on top of the mountain. Fun well, there's, it's your focus. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about where your focus is. And, you know, there's always a reason, um, you know, there are days where the temptation to dwell on all of the reasons to give up are very high and Satan knows when we're weak and that's when he chooses to fire a whole, a whole different level of volley of darts at us. Yeah. But there are days that temptations there to go into the whys, to go into um, this, you know, all of the reasons to hate um, where, where God has me right now in life. And then that's where you have to turn around and say, no, but who is my God to me? What has he done for me? And when you get done going through everything God has done for you, it leaves you in that position of saying that He's that his name is blessed, that he's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my devotion. He's worthy of, of the trials he's sending me through. Um, and yeah, it's even in the midst of a valley, choosing to say, you're still my God who does wondrous things and um so whether you're in the mountain or in the valley choosing to thank him and to praise him that way is powerful it's a testimony to who god is and that, that his grace is sufficient and that's the practical piece that's where we're going today that's where we're at right now is again we're making that decision you know are you going to live on the mountain are you going to live with the eight of ice and the corn are you going to 
Are you going to live what God provides? The great, you know, the greatest scenery is living on the mountain, man. You get to see the best in people. You get to, you get to see the best in God. When you're on the mountain, you're studying your Bible. When you're on the mountain, you're, you got rid of all the knuckleheads in your life. When you're on the mountain, I mean, life is easy. You're going to have to sing that song today. I'm sorry. I know you had another one, but you're going to have to sing a verse of God on the mountain. I, I think we have to, man. Uh, and a guy, guy named Gail wrote that song. I can't think of his last name now, but I, I knew him years ago. We drove in a van together in Washington state. But anyway, here's the, here's the point I want to make. And, and, and this is so important. The practical side, the practical piece, the point, the walk away from the one thing that we get out of this Psalm that has to be, uh, prevalent is, uh, we need to live with God, and God's talking about mountaintops. God's talking about expanding his kingdom. God's talking about taking care of his family. Uh, God's talk, talking about taking care of the needy. God's, that's missions, man. That's, that's bus rides. That's bringing people to church. That's looking out for the neighbor kid. That's treating your kids with respect. That's all those things. You know, that's uh, uh, all those great things I think are talked about here and now. Uh, just close in 30 seconds and give us that song, Stephanie. What do you have for us? Well, I, I love how this psalm ends with, Blessed be his glorious name forever and ever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. And I, I think we come back to where the heart cry of Sol Solomon and David was, and that was to bring honor and glory to Jehovah. And that if that is your focus, you won't be a fun sucker. You won't be a joy sucker. Don't be it. You'll, Don't do you'll it. Be someone, you'll be someone who has the heart of Christ for others. Um, that is what our focus is to be about. It's not to be about um, all of our plans. Um, and not that it's not good to have plans and goals, but God has taught me so much. Um, yeah. That plans are, are not as important to him as him receiving glory. There it is. That him Giving glory is the most important thing. That's right. So live on the mountain, my friends. And this song Stephanie has for you is the God of the mountain. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But things change when you're down in the valley. Don't lose faith, for you're never alone. For the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. Friends, live on the mountain, study God's word, live God's word, pray. Don't be a fun sucker. Put God first in your heart. Climb to the top of the mountain and uh, get as close as you can. Draw nigh on to God and he'll draw nigh on to you. We love you folks. Hey, have a great day out there. Be on the mountain.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.